And at the cross, at the cross where I first saw the light. Amen. Anybody glad that you have seen the light? Amen. Amen. Living in this world of darkness and giving God praise and glory. We want to thank God for our preachers this afternoon. We have Reverend John Toller from Second Baptist Church of Doylestown and Reverend Jacqueline Scott, amen, from Abundant Harvest Church. Uh, Reverend Scott also, you know she connected with Pastor Paul. That's the wife, amen, and we are just grateful and thankful for her. We are blessed to have Reverend Dr. Leonard Bethel as associate pastor at Oxford Presbyterian Church. Our own Reverend Paul Scott, amen, who tickling the, the keys over there. Pastor with Abundant Harvest Church. Reverend David Jackson from Second Baptist Church of Doylestown. Reverend Tom Bramling, amen, from Christ Community Church right uh, down the road and up the road, amen. And yours truly, uh, we're going to share for you the word that the Lord has placed upon our hearts. And just want to let you know that these preachers that we have here, they've come for no other reason than to give God praise and to thank him, amen. Let's thank God for the uh, preachers. Uh, you know, in these seven last words, sometimes, you know, folks sometimes think like that it's a competition, and, and it's not. You know, everyone has come, amen. We've all come together as our church theme is, we are together in Christ, amen. And so let's thank God for this men and women then of God, amen. Come on, let's thank God for them. Our first word of the cross this morning will be preached by Reverend John Toller. Amen. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. Amen. Following the word, we will have a selection from our choir and then also a prayer by one of our deacons. Amen. So let us welcome Reverend John Toller for our first word of the cross. Come on now, you can do better than that. If you love the Lord, let's say amen. If you love the Lord, say amen. Amen. You know, Good Friday is a special day on the calendar, and it gives us an opportunity to reflect on the one who paid our sin debt in full. And it gives us an opportunity to anticipate and glory in the idea that Easter Sunday morning is coming. Amen. Amen? But Good Friday, why is it important for you to remember Jesus' suffering? Why? And how does its example help you when you suffer? These are the things the first statement will suggest to you and the prayer that should be close to our hearts as we move forward in this service. Let us pray. Eternal God, O oh gracious Heavenly Father, we do thank you once again for the opportunity to stand at your desk to, favor, to be favored with a word from on high. Lord, we just ask that as we deliver these last statements from the cross today that they will not fall on deaf ears 
We're living in a time in which circumstances are uncertain. So Lord, we need to hang on and hold out for what you are returning to us as we come forward this afternoon. Now may the grass wither and the flowers fade, but remember that the word of God stands strong forever. Amen? Amen. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. You know, perhaps the most gracious and truly heartbreaking moment when Jesus uttered his first of seven statements from the cross, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. And yet, it's not just the Romans who were responsible for nailing Jesus to the cross. It was our sin that led to the crucifixion of our Savior in what is easily the most loving sacrifice ever made and an example of the prayer that we should all keep close to our hearts. Well, Brother Preacher, what is the meaning of Father? Forgive them. Well, let's break that word down. Let's break that statement down. It begins with Father. We see Jesus using a familiar term here, showcasing the relationship he had with God the Father. This is contrasted with Jesus his latest, in his later statement, My God, my God, my, why have you forsaken me? Matthew 27 and 46. This is a change in relationship as darkness covers the sky and silence covers the earth for three hours. We see this relationship restored with Jesus' last statement from the cross, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit, Luke 23 and 46. Forgive them, forgive them. The cross is the premier symbol of the ultimate sacrifice. Amen? All right, all right. We are forgiven because of Jesus' horrifying and painful death. There are a couple of schools of thought on what or rather whom Jesus was referring to by the word them. It's obvious that Jesus is asking for forgiveness for those who were actually responsible for putting him on the cross, i.e., Pilate, All right. the Romans, the Jewish leaders, those jeering at him, etc. But his forgiveness is also for every person that he is dying for in here, and that includes you and it includes me. Well, well, well Brother Preacher, you know, bring us a little closer. What, what, what's the context? of Luke 23 and verse 34. Well, as we come to verse 34 of this chapter, Jesus has been through the so-called trial of the Jewish leaders, multiple scourgings, Pilate's verdict, and he's now being nailed to the cross, hanging between two criminals who were being justly punished by the laws of that day for their crime. His clothes are being gambled for as he hangs hurt and humiliated for no other reason but that the leaders hated him. And yet, 
And yet we see compassion come from Jesus as he calls out to our heavenly father to what? Forgive. When was the last time someone humiliated or hurt you? When was the last time someone put you in a situation so unbearable that it felt like you weren't going to come out the other side unscathed? Was forgiveness the order of the day? Or were you prepared to cuss somebody out? Or did it take time to work through the grief and hurt? You know, we must be careful to not let anger turn to bitterness. Even if we are completely in the right in the situation, we have to follow Jesus' example and pray perhaps one of the hardest prayers we could pray. He was without sin and death was an absolute. And yet he said, Father, forgive them from the cross, from give them. Facing death, Father, forgive them. In incredible, excruciating pain, Father, forgive them. And his response is to forgive. Well, my brothers and sisters, what does Father, forgive them teach us about forgiveness? Jesus provides the ultimate forgiveness prayer for us to follow. For how in the world are we to not forgive someone when Jesus is literally bleeding and desperate for breath as he lifts his beaten and broken body up on the spikes in his feet, in his wrists, and the first words he says are for forgiveness. Scripture after scripture tells us the importance of forgiveness. Mark 11 and 25 says that when we pray to forgive anyone with whom we're holding a grudge so that we can be forgiven. Turn to Ephesians. Ephesians 1, 7 through 8 says it beautifully. In him we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and peace. It's that redemption through Jesus' blood that was shed on the cross. That same cross where Jesus himself is asking for forgiveness for those who were responsible for the agony he was suffering physically, but also spiritually as he took on the weight of our sin onto himself. Talk about radical forgiveness. Our society has almost reached or has reached the pinnacle of being offended by every small misstep. Amen. We're angry over the books people are reading and the fact that someone dares to disagree with what we think or the way we think. Forgiveness isn't given a second thought because bashing, burning, canceling, fact-checking, and anything to give an air of superiority are the idols we place in front of our eyes 
instead of focusing on our Savior, right. his sacrifice, right. and his incredible example of showing love, grace, and forgiveness to people that literally hate and want to kill him. Can you imagine a world where we take this example and actually follow through on it? Where we show grace and forgiveness to someone when we feel wronged? Jesus, our Lord and Savior, God in the flesh, could have come down from the cross at any time. But he chose to forgive. And he chose to take our sin onto himself so we could have eternity with him in heaven. Radical love was his. Radical forgiveness was his. And a radical concept needs to become part of our choice to respond with love the way Jesus did. For the Bible says in John 13 and 35 that the world will know we are his disciples by our love. Yes, yes. Well, as I take my seat, I have one question. What excuse do we have Come on now. to not forgive those who we feel have done us wrong? All right. yeah. All right. With Jesus, we have a model yes. for how to respond when we are often betrayed, scorned, and wrong. Mm -hmm. Jesus prayed on behalf of others. Isaiah 53 and 12 prophesizes this prayer. Because he poured out his soul to death, it was numbered with transgressors, yet he bore the sin of many and makes intercession for the transgressors. Can you see it? Jesus, our Lord and Savior, God in the flesh, he could have come down from the cross at any time, but he chose to forgive. And he chose to take our sin on himself so we could have eternity with him in heaven. Well, in the final hours of Jesus' life on earth, he chose to pray for others instead of asking for revenge. Jesus says, Father, forgive them. My brothers and sisters, sisters and brothers, we need to ask for forgiveness of ourselves. And we have to forgive those that hurt us. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. With Easter coming quickly, remember Jesus' sacrifice for us on the cross and his instructions. Ask for forgiveness and forgive others. And the example, intercede on behalf of others. Amen? Amen? See, we have the ability to one day join Jesus in heaven because he bore our sins and took our punishment. It's easy to live in the forgiveness that Jesus died for us, but hard to pass it on to others. Amen? We are to be mindful, particularly in this season, but also afterward, of what Jesus chose to say from the cross. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. Church, I beseech you, may we follow his example.
Give an honor to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. We want to thank Reverend Toller for sharing with us that first word of the cross. Father, forgive them for they do not know what it is they do. Amen. You know, forgiveness is such a powerful thing. And, you know, in our own spirit and in our own life, we can't forgive. We don't have the power to forgive in of ourselves. We need the Lord. And so we have to ask the Lord to help us to forgive. Amen. We're going to ask uh, for our sanctuary choir to come at this time with a selection. And following that, we're going to have a prayer by a designated deacon. Amen.
Amen, amen. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord some praise. Does anybody know his name? Amen. We want to thank our sanctuary choir and as our chairman of our deacon board, the deacon book and farrier comes and uh, he's going to offer up to us a prayer. And as the deacons come, they're offering up a prayer for our next preacher. Amen. Amen. And we are blessed uh, to have for our next preacher that's going to come and share our second word for our sister Jacqueline Scott. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's thank God for Sister Scott. And thank you, Deacon Ferry. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Good afternoon, family. Good afternoon. I know Jesus' name. Do you? Amen. 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 If you would all uh, join me in prayer as we welcome Reverend Scott for the next word. Father God, we give you all the praise, honor, and glory because yes. you are so worthy to be praised. And Father, in the first sermon, you gave us an example of how to forgive, the ultimate sacrifice. And as we listen to this next sermon and going forward, we just need to remember the sacrifice that you provided for us, our ability to have a relationship with you. And we are so thankful for that. And we're so thankful that we can be in the house today to listen to your word, Father God. Yes. We ask that you give Reverend Scott the words to speak. Give us the ears to hear. Yes. Give us the heart to receive. Yes. Give us the courage to apply your daily word going forward. Father, we just love you. We thank you. Yes, Lord. We honor you. Yes. We praise you. We love you. Yes, Lord. So we just thank you. We, we're glad that we be in the house, Father God. We are. This is the weekend. Yes. This holy week. We're so happy that we can be here to partake in it and just to remember the sacrifices and the love you have for us. So we ask all these things in your son's precious name, Jesus Christ, amen. Amen, amen. hallelujah. How many are excited to be in the house of the Lord? Amen. That was enough excitement if you was happy to be here with me. But how many know we're in the house of the Lord with the Lord? Amen. So we give God some praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We bless the Lord. Amen. For that prayer. Amen. We thank the Lord for everything that he is doing. How many know God is a good God? Amen. God is a good God and he's worthy to be praised. Amen. This day would not be so. Hallelujah. If it was not for the Lord. Amen. So we bless the Lord in this house today. Amen. I give honor to God who's the head of my life. I'm so grateful and thankful to be here to be able to just bring forth a word on today. I'm honored. Amen. I thank the Lord for Pastor Hamlin allowing me this opportunity and to all of those that will be bringing forth the word I give honor to God amen amen I have the opportunity amen to bring before you amen the second last saying of Christ amen amen and I'm going to be coming out of Luke 23 32 through 43 and I'm going to be coming from the New Living Translation Two others, both criminals, were led out to be executed with him. When they came to a place, the skull, they nailed him to the cross. And the criminals were also crucified, one on the right and one on the left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they are doing. 
and the soldiers gambled for his clothes by throwing dice. The crowd watched and leaders scuffled. Hallelujah. He saved others. They said, let him save himself if he really is God's Messiah. Hallelujah, the chosen one. The soldiers mocked him too by offering him a drink of soured wine. They called out to him, if you are king of the Jews, save yourself. A sign was fastened above him with these words, this is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals hanging beside him scuffled, so you're the Messiah, are you? Prove it by saving yourself and us too while you're at it. But the other criminal protested, don't you fear God? Let me say that again. Don't you fear God even when you've been sentenced to die? We deserve to die for we are criminals, but this man hasn't done anything wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, I assure you, today you will be with me in paradise. Hallelujah. The focus is on this verse, verse 43. And Jesus replied, I assure you, glory to God, Today you will be with me in paradise. Hallelujah. Let's consecrate on that word right there. Today, this day, this very day. Hallelujah. Tell the person next to you today. Glory to God. You don't have to wait till you feel, hallelujah, like you'll be there with Jesus. Right where you are, you can be with him. Glory to God. One time, hallelujah, I experienced something, amen, and I'm going to make this fast because I only got a few minutes, but I experienced something in the grocery store, amen, where I put my stuff, I was in an Aldi, as a matter of fact, and I put my stuff up on the belt, amen, so that it could get rung up by the cashier, amen, and when it all got in there, she said, it's already paid. I look like paid. What you mean it's already paid? Amen. How and by who? I'm looking so surprised. And then I put this up there, and that's when she said it's already paid. So I thank her, and I went on to get ready to bag it all up and everything. But you know, Hallelujah. She said something. It was done a long time ago. Amen. It was already done, so you're free to go. I need you to listen with your spiritual ears so that you can hear what you need to hear from the Lord. So all of us has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Amen. We've all done something wrong one time or another. Amen. Sin pays, hallelujah, its own wages. The world is full of sin. Amen? Sin. We all undone it. Don't act like you haven't. Don't look at me and think this is just for me. We've sinned. Amen? Hallelujah. But the wages of sin is death. When Jesus was on Calvary, hallelujah, was to pay our debt for that sin. Amen? Yes, the wages of sin is death, but I want to tell you this, just like that cashier told me, it's already done. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sorry. See, we make things too complicated sometimes. Hallelujah. But he's already paid the price. Hallelujah. And you're free to go. Glory to God. See, you should be happy right there if you understood what that was really implying to you. Amen. Hallelujah. That means you're free from being defeated. Glory to God. From depression. Glory to God. From being guilty. Glory to God. God wouldn't want us to walk in condemnation, having ourselves bound up. Hallelujah. Unfit. Jesus died on the cross so that you wouldn't have to feel all of that. Glory to God. That means you can be free. Glory to God. You can be free. Glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We, hallelujah, can be free. The crucifixion is showing us love. Love. Amen. Love. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, hallelujah, but have everlasting life. He demonstrated his love for us on that cross. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I don't know about you, but that makes me happy. Glory to God. See, we think it's just a little complicated, but it ain't complicated. Now, there wasn't just one cross on Calvary. Hallelujah. There were three. Hallelujah. There were three. The cross on the left, the man died in sin. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And then the cross on the right, the man died from sin. Glory to God. I need you to hear. Hallelujah. And the cross in the middle held Jesus. Hallelujah. And he died for sin. Glory to God. He died for our sin. Glory. Thank you, Jesus. The criminal on the left, he started taunting Jesus. He was teasing him, made all kind of fun of him, hallelujah. You know, like the crowd, he was doing all of that. If you're supposed to be the Christ, the Messiah, then come on down from that cross. If you're supposed to be the king of kings, glory to God, the Jews then, hallelujah, beckon him. Come on down if that's who you are. You know, some of us do that without actually doing that. We are putting God to the test. We don't act like he is who he is or who he said he is. Some of us don't believe it. How you know, pastor? I know because of the way we're living, because of the things we're doing, because if we really believed it All right. hallelujah some things would be different yeah. so can you believe that this lifetime criminal mm. hallelujah was sitting here saying all of this but Jesus didn't respond to him not one time yeah. he didn't he didn't say a word so I'm thinking that he didn't respond why maybe because he's heard this before you know, some stuff, when you heard it, it don't have to phase you. That's why you don't have to keep repeating some stuff over and over again sometimes. Hallelujah. I'm sure that he has experienced this before. He was tempted in the wilderness, and the enemy tried him then. If thou be the son of God, then command these stones to be made to bread. It would be just like the enemy to try his best to get Jesus to do something out of the will of God. How many get tried to do stuff that ain't in the will of God? So people of God, let me ask you this question. Jesus being tempted, what more do you think that you won't be tempted? Hallelujah. Now he here having the same conversation, Jesus knew that the man on his left 
Number one, he didn't even believe who he was. He didn't believe he was the son of God, the anointed one. Amen. He didn't even believe it. He's the one that he would say, if you are the Christ, then get me out of this crisis. You know, some of us put those ultimatum to God. If you're God and you say you're God and you can do all of that, help me. Glory to God. Some of us don't even believe. Hallelujah. No, we don't believe because of our current situation, our crisis, the suffering that we're in, the things that are going on in our life. Hallelujah. You're only saying when you don't believe, God, I don't trust you. My God, my God. If Jesus is the one that we as believers say that he is, then why am I in this predicament? This man may have been a criminal all of his life, and he's in it because of his own ugliness, his own unrighteousness. See, we don't take responsibility for the stuff that we do. We want to blame somebody else. Hallelujah. But then we want to come and challenge Jesus? Glory, hallelujah. No, I'm leaving you hanging right there. Not because I can't do it, I need you to hear this, but because I'm not getting ready to do this. God doesn't have to do what he doesn't want to do, and he's not on our time. Thank you, Jesus. So it wasn't because he couldn't take him down from the cross. Amen. But Jesus realized something. That because he is nailed on that cross, he's close to me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Because he's right there. And before now, where were you? You weren't even around me. My God. But at least now in your crisis situation, you are right here talking to me. Hallelujah. Jesus said, I can only imagine. I don't have to lower myself at all to prove anything to somebody who already have low expectations of who I am. That's all right. Some of y'all get that later on tonight. Hallelujah. You have to get past, hallelujah, lowering yourself to meet somebody's expectation. See, sometimes we don't believe in the first place. That's why people, the enemy can be able to come in and influence us to do things that ain't in the will of God, to get us off track of what God desires us to do. Amen. Jesus already knew that he didn't believe. He knew that. But he knew, hallelujah, that he can do it any time. He knew that he could do it any time. Do you know that Jesus can do it anyhow? Just because it ain't happened right now don't mean it won't happen or it can't happen. Jesus may not have been speaking out, hallelujah, with this person who had doubt. Amen. That's why we got to get into a place where we don't procrastinate, where we get, hallelujah, out of ourself. Amen. We got to move self out of the way. Amen. So we can get in a place, hallelujah, because see, some of us, we can't afford another day. Hallelujah. Let me be real. I know some of y'all are watching the news. I'm getting ready to have to hurry up and rush this thing. But you watch the news and you see what's going on. Amen. We ain't got a whole lot of time. Hallelujah. We can't get in our thoughts and our feelings. Hallelujah. We can't afford to do that, you know, because God already has a plan. Hallelujah. He already has a purpose for you when we come to the place where healing is, 
where we come to a place where we ain't got to wear the mask, our brokenness, amen. The scripture says in 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things become new, amen. All things become new. Nobody can do this for you. Amen. They can teach you, but they cannot learn it for you. You got to get it for yourself. If you're thirsty, they can't drink for you. If you're hungry, they can't eat for you. You got to do it for yourself. You are your own, and you are who God said that you are. Amen. He ain't hang on that cross for nothing. You don't have to walk in condemnation, condemning yourself, acting like what you've done is unrepairable. God just needs you to believe him, to trust him. Amen. The sinner on the right, he knew who Jesus Jesus was, but he never ever tried to get out of what he was accountable for. Amen. Rather, he took full responsibility and he asked God to just remember me. Amen. He sought Jesus as a lowly man, glory to God, and he recognized his sin, but he also recognized who Jesus was and he believed Jesus was the Savior. Jesus promised that criminal that he too would be in paradise with him. He offers the same promise to us. Amen. Glory to God. You are covered in forgiveness. Amen. Glory to God. He promises us eternal life. Amen. And just like that criminal on the cross, we too have to stop and say, God, remember me. Hallelujah. I believe you and I trust you, God. Hallelujah. And so I say to you, hallelujah, paradise is wherever Jesus is. Wherever Jesus is. We gotta be in a place where Jesus is. It don't matter what we think. It don't matter what they say. It don't matter what we feel like. If we're in a place where Jesus is, we are in paradise. Glory to God. God bless you. What a mighty God that we serve. Amen. We want to thank Sister Jacqueline Scott for sharing with us on that word. Truly, I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. Amen. Thanking God for his blessings. I don't know about you, but I've already been blessed. Amen. Amen. We just said the second word of the cross. Amen. But just thanking God for all of his blessings and for each and every one of you uh, who are here with us, amen. And I know we have many uh, coming in as well. You know, as, as we sit up here, you know, I can see out and, and see all. So I see when the bus pulls up, amen, out there. And I know we have some that are still coming in, and we thank God for them, for the desire to be in the house of the Lord, amen. We are blessed to have our liturgical dance ministry, amen, who is here from Second Baptist Church under the direction of Sister Risharda, amen. So let's welcome our liturgical dance ministry.
glory to the Lamb. Everybody say glory to the Lamb. We sing glory to the Lamb. We give all glory to the Lamb. Yes, we sing glory glory to the Let's sing glory, glory to the Lamb. Father, we sing tonight glory, glory to the Lamb. thank our liturgical dance ministry amen glory to the lamb i know uh, some probably were looking at that one and 
uh, if we can do some of those moves like that, amen. I heard somebody say they were just at the chiropractor earlier. We, I think we need a chiropractor out of here. But come on, let's thank God for the blessings. <laughs> Glory to the Lamb. Again, we want to thank uh, Pastor Jacqueline Scott from Abundant Harvest Church. Amen. Blessing us in that word. Amen. We'll have a prayer. Deacon Busby. As I come before the throne, representing all of us here, I think of the Holy Spirit who will understand the word that I want to be brought before the throne. I think of the Son of God, Jesus, who we are celebrating today, who gave his life to such as worms as all of us, and to the Father, who had this glorious plan and offered up his son. We are here representing these words, Father. Our first example was he asked while he was dying on the cross to his own father to forgive mankind for putting him on that cross. And in the words that were just expounded upon by Jacqueline Scott Pastor. He was the first one to offer that forgiveness by bringing that very prisoner beside him to enter into paradise together. Perfect examples already. Father, we would continue on and as we have Reverend Dr. Leonard Bethel, that we would hear straight from his voice, your voice. But what we are here for today is to encourage us to continue in the path. If there is anyone here that is on the left side of the cross, may this be the day that they recognize the same foolishness I had before I accepted Jesus. That they would give their heart to Jesus to say thank you for taking my place, paying my debt in full. Lord, we give you again thanks for this day. We recognize the sadness of this very event, but just as Jesus knew the future in telling that, other prisoner that he would be with him in paradise today he knows there is a future he has promised that we will be with him and we look forward to that thank you jesus again amen amen we thank the lord for the our dance and as well as for the prayer and we want to welcome for our third word, Jesus said to his mother woman, this is your son. He said to the disciple, this is your mother. Our third word of the cross, Reverend Dr. Leonard Bethel, associate pastor of Oxford Presbyterian Church. Let's welcome him as he comes. Amen. <laughs> Yeah. 
The dance ministry is sure uplifting, is it not? And the ministry through music is uplifting. Reverend clergy, it's good to be there on this day of praise. I'd like to bring to you the word on how Jesus, when he hung from the cross and he spoke to his mother, symbolically, it represented confronting the giant. I'm always enlightened by the words of Pastor Hamlin. He said something that was so interesting a few days ago, that we are reinterpreting the life that Jesus lived in this time. Things that happened during the first century are beginning to happen again. And we need to face those things through his word. We hear many people cry out to their mother in pain and suffering. We heard it through George Floyd. We heard it through the resurrectionists and uh, Matt Turner and Gabriel Prosser and Denmark Vesey as they tried to uplift the people out of slavery born of African women. But we have to remember that this whole pattern of Jesus on the cross has a, a historical note to it. When Jesus rode into Jerusalem around the early part of the first century, the people who believed and followed him during those early years gathered together and put palms, palm leaves in his way, which represented triumph. Jesus faced a great giant of opposition to the presence of his ministry to the Jewish people by the Pharisees. The procurator of that time and of that region around 31 AD was Pontius Pilate, who feared the growing following of Jesus. Following the cruel authority of Herod Antipas, who was the son of Herod the Great, Jesus was set to a path of doom and transformation. However, Jesus knew that he was the sacrificial lamb to be sacrificed for the sins of the humankind. His ride into Jerusalem confronted the great giant of evil and oppression, control of people. His facing of challenge had a very historical pattern to it. And we need to look at that pattern because it was a symbolic of his hanging on the cross. In 1 Samuel, the 17th chapter, the 44th through the 49th verses, young David, a keeper of sheep from Bethlehem, Judah, was giving a challenge to face a nine-foot-tall giant from the Philistines in battle. The odds were great, but David became victorious with a slingshot and a stone that took the armored giant down. Goliath, the giant, represented the carnal security of personal strength, the pride of self-aggrandizement, the vanity of popular acclaim, the untamable fierceness of human passion. On the other hand, David, however, manifested quiet trust in divine strength and the determination to glorify God by carrying out his will. David's motive expressed not to have his own way, nor to become famous in the eyes of people, 
but that all the earth may know that there was a God in Israel. When Jesus entered Jerusalem on a donkey, with palm leaves thrown in his path as symbol of triumph, he, re re he recapitulated the image of young David facing the Philistine giant as he faced the Roman authorities in the person of Pontius Pilate, Herod Antipas, and the Jewish Pharisees. It was on the cross when Jesus called out to his mother in his Aramaic language, that the pain of obstacles from birth to his death and life reiterated facing the giant. In John 19th chapter, the 25th through the 27th verses, the pain of birth and the challenge of parenting was an obstacle to be released. His love for Mary, his mother, did not change but his long role was brought to a new challenge and relationship. His duty as son of Mary was passed on to his loyal disciple John. Isn't this often done? Here's John standing beside Mary at the cross, and Jesus hanging on the cross said, Woman, behold thy son. His physical challenge at that moment on the cross came to an end, and the moment that Jesus was finding his fulfillment and he passing on the role of himself to John was a fulfillment of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That he became one out of three. And he came to us in a sense of transformation to seek a new life. He sought to make clear to Mary the distinction between his relationship to her and his relationship to God as the Son of God, and yet a fulfillment of the Trinity with the Spirit ever-present. His love for her was unchanged, but now he must labor from day to day under the direction of his Heavenly Father. In his cry out to his mother on the cross, Jesus also made clear the distinction of the spirit of the Old Testament prophets and the new spirit that came at his time through the Trinity. The spirit that came out of the Old Testament that Jesus had a sense of fulfillment was called Ruach in Hebrew, meaning the spirit of God with him. We saw this spirit in the Ark of the Covenant. We saw this spirit in the tablets of the Ten Commandments that Moses expressed. We saw this spirit in the temple in Jerusalem. When Jesus came into the picture, he became the fulfillment of the spirit of the New Testament, the pneuma in, in Greek, which is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That became a sense of transformation in his oneness with God with us. It was at that moment on the cross as he cried out to his mother, woman, behold thy son, that the fulfillment of the Trinity came into being that we have been realized, in his words, the fulfillment of the Spirit with us. Facing the giant brings new challenges when the words of Jesus on the cross became evident. The physical life as we know it is not all there is to life. This is the challenge that we all have. This is what Jesus tried to tell us when he called out to his mother, woman, behold thy son. 
that the fulfillment of this life is the spirit. Life moves on. The physical challenge brings many challenges between birth and death. The living is not a process to prepare for a spirit, but living is a continuous growth of the spirit that continues even after death. Isn't this interesting? This is why we are here. This is why he called out on the cross to his mother that the life that we live in the physical sense will end. But what carries on is the spirit. What carries on is the living God in the spirit as he himself joined with God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in the Trinity. It's so interesting in my own theological teaching at the university that I found some, something interesting in the African theologian John S. Mbiti when he said, the way we live when we die the spirit that we carry in our life is remembered by someone and we continue to live. You and I as Christians, you and I in this place who worship together, if we live the right way, if we share the right fellowship, if we have right communication with one another, if we listen to the Jesus on the cross calling out to his mother, the spirit that we generate will live on. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, it will live on. If we live the right life, the things that we do are important. The physical flesh ends, but the spirit carries on. The spirit pneuma brings us closer to God and leaves a positive influence on those who are living. What are you doing now? What are the things that you are doing? What are you believing? Are you listening to our Jesus on the cross calling out to our, his mother? Are you listening to the great prophecy that came down through the Old Testament in Isaiah and Jeremiah and Hosea? Are you listening to the words of Peter and John? Are you listening to the words of Jesus on the cross? Live the right way. Do the things that you should be doing. Live with the spirit with you now and share those things because this is life. This will come when our body de deceases and passes away. The spirit lives on. And I tell you this day, facing the giant is a part of life. We will face the giant and are facing the giant every day. The giant of evil, the giant of determination towards destruction, the giant of war, the giant, the giant of destruction, the giant of dictatorship, and the evil that goes with it. We live with these things even today. But the way to conquer them is through the spirit of our lives and the things that we do in fulfillment of Jesus on the cross. So my Christian friends, I say to you this day, carry the spirit with you. Amen and amen and ashe. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord for Dr. Bethel. Sharing a powerful word with us, that third word of the cross, amen. We're blessed to be able to have uh, the backbench boys who are with us today, amen, and uh, I heard them warming up and they ready to go, amen. Let's welcome the backbench boys as they come. Amen. 
is not your home to stay. This is not your home. Just passing through. This is not your home. This is not your home to stay. This is not your home. Cause you just passing through. was rolled away so that you and I might see this day the angels said he's not here today he has risen and gone away I want to tell you that this is not your home For those who believe, he has arisen, no, not dead. His home is where we want to be. Oh, this is not your home. This is not your home to stay. And the words of Jesus said, Let not your heart be troubled, neither be afraid. For you believe in God, believe also in me. For in my Father's house there are many mansions. If it was not so, I would have told you. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. And that where I am, there ye may be also. For this is not your home. This is not your home. Oh, this is not your home to stay. your business straight delay and it might be too late so hear the word believe in a way he's waiting for you he saved the place oh, 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 this is not your home Show home. 
Thank you for allowing us to come together in Christian love and understanding. We thank you for allowing us to celebrate you and relive the words of your son Jesus during his final hours. When I think of the pain and suffering that I go through or that we go through during our everyday living, I'm reminded that our pain is nothing compared to what Jesus went through. The suffering, the agony, the ridicule that he went through, and then there was the physical pain that he endured. And yet he still found a way to say, forgive them, forgive them. What a mighty message. Father, we thank you for our understanding. And we pray that you will continue to keep us in your word. Father, we pray for and we thank you for these messengers today as they've delivered your words of wisdom. Let these words be forever etched in our minds that we might carry them throughout the rest of our days. And Father, when we've done all the work that we've expect, we're expected to do when we come to the end of our journey and we're facing the, the time clock of life, we pray that you would smile down on us and say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Come on in and rest with me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 We want to thank the Backbench Boys, amen, for blessing us in song. I love that song because it is an awesome reminder that this is not our home, that we're just passing through. Amen. 
Dr. Bethel let us know that if you're going to pass through, you better pass through the right way. Amen. And stay united in our spirit uh, with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I want to uh, thank uh, Deacon Shannon, amen, uh, for the prayer. We come now to the fourth word of the cross, amen. Uh, we are blessed to have just an awesome preacher who's going to share uh, with us, uh, Reverend Paul Scott from the Abundant Harvard Church. Uh, Pastor Paul, as we call him, amen, uh, is just flat out gifted. God has just anointed. I don't know what he put in the fingers, but I mean that he can work them. And we are so grateful. Uh, multitasking today, amen, not only blesses us in song, but let's welcome him as he blesses us in the word of God. Amen. Great is the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Great is the Lord, and he's greatly to be praised. Let's give him a hand clap praise. Hallelujah. My Lord, I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praises shall continually be in my mouth. I give honor to God this afternoon, Pastor Hamlin, to the rich rostrum of ministry, my wife, Pastor Jackie. Amen. Pastor Jackie. Pastor Jackie told things up in here today. Amen. Come on, somebody. Praise the Lord. She takes no prisoners. Come on. Hallelujah. That's all right. What a blessing to be here on Good Friday afternoon That's right. to commemorate the sufferings of Jesus on the cross of Calvary. Amen. One writer said, what does the cross of Jesus mean? More than the songs that we sing. All right. Much more than the emblem on a chain. Said, but it means that I'm free, free. from the chains of slavery. Yes. And the cross of Christ won't let my sins remain. Upon the cross, my Savior died. Yes. The Lamb was crucified, uh -huh. showed love that the world had never known. Yes. What love divine, a truer love you'll never find. Never so that we might live, Christ came and he died alone. Amen. Said, the cross will always represent the love God has for me. Yes. When the Lord of glory, heaven sent, gave all on Calvary and did it just for me. Yes. Hallelujah. Somebody say, just for me. Yes. Come on, make it personal this afternoon, just for me. Jesus went to the cross, he suffered, and he bled and he died just for me. If it had not been the Lord who was on my side. Oh, y'all quiet this afternoon. Hallelujah. But this is praiseworthy. If it had not been for Jesus being on my side. Hallelujah. Where would I be? Somebody said he picked me up yes, he and he turned me around. Praise God. Hallelujah. He set a trajectory that was ever ascending in our life. Because, see, you can't meet Jesus and stay the same. Can I get a witness in here? Hallelujah. I heard the word of God where it said that old things are passed away. And behold, all things have been made new. Hallelujah. Because of the price. Somebody say the price. The price that Jesus paid on the cross of Calvary. Thank you, Lord. Matthew 27 and the 46th verse, there we find these words, and about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? I want to leave a little theme on this afternoon. And that theme is 
only for a moment. Only for a moment. That's all right. And the purpose of this theme is to express unto the church of the living God the extreme importance of knowing and understanding that Jesus experienced the feeling of being abandoned and forsaken to guarantee the promise to never leave us or forsake us. I said he experienced it to guarantee us a promise yes. that he would never leave us and he would never forsake us. Mm. This promise gives us access to the wisdom to see clearly that just because we don't feel his presence doesn't mean that he is not always with us. Can I get a witness in the building? I say just because we may not feel his presence does not mean that he's not always with us. I, I like starting sermons with a story, and I only have 15 minutes, so that means that this is going to be a short story. And this is going to be just a, a short story. Praise God. You, you know, um, it was about the year 1973. I had gone to Montgomery County Community College for a couple years, and I was about to finish that associate, and I got a, a sudden urge to come out of school and start working for my father. Amen. And he had a drywall construction business. Now, I, we were all around the business all of our life, so we sort of got an idea what it was all about. But when I started working full time, I came, I was made acquainted with a 12-foot sheet of drywall. All right, come on. Huh? And the fact that we had to deliver that drywall, it meant that they came in twos. So two 12-foot sheets of drywall weighed approximately 200 pounds. Come on, somebody. Amen. How many of you know that that was an eye-opening experience? Hallelujah. And the thing about that drywall wasn't so much the 200 pounds, but it was because it was so awkward. It was so awkward, which made it even heavier because it was awkward. It made it difficult to carry because it was awkward. It made it a situation that if you weren't careful with it, you could come in somebody's house and tear something up because it was awkward. But the consolation was the fact that my dad, he taught us how to carry it. And not only that, it took two, Sister Sherry, it took two to carry this thing. Now, he was on one end and I was on the other. Now, because I knew that it was dad on the other end, I I knew I was going to be all right. Because there's something about dad. And see, I was the youngest son. And they they spoiled me real bad. I mean, they spoiled me. Rotten ain't the word for it. They spoiled me. Amen. And and one thing I knew that dad wasn't going to drop his end. I I knew he wasn't going to drop his side. I knew he was going to hold it. He might have to hold me and it, but he was going to hold it. Now, sometimes you be working with these jokers and get heavy, they drop it on you. Come on, somebody. But one thing I knew is that dad wasn't going to drop it. Can I get a witness in here? Even though it was awkward, he wasn't going to drop it. Even though it was heavy, he wasn't going to drop it. Can I get a witness in the building? Under no circumstance, I could always trust that father. Somebody say father. Father. I trusted that father was going to hold his end. 
Can I get a witness in the building? Well, Pastor, what's that got to do with the message? How are you doing for a few more minutes? Hallelujah. Just give me, just give me one more moment here. Praise God. Hallelujah. In our text, Jesus is experiencing the trauma of bearing the sins of the world. And this is something that he must do alone and unassisted. In Gethsemane, he anticipated the difficulty of this assignment and cried out to his father, Oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but thou will, as thou will. Oh, my father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. Now, in the midst of unimaginable suffering and pain, he has to deal with the issue of sin, and specifically the weight of the sins of the world. Hallelujah. How many of you know that sin is heavy? Can I get a witness in here? Oh, yeah, sin is heavy. It carries a heavy weight. That's why Hebrews say lay aside every what? Weight. Come on, and the sin that so easily beset us. Yeah, yeah, you, you see, lies are heavy. Uh, come on, somebody. Stealing is heavy. Cheating is heavy. Murder is heavy. Adultery is heavy. Fornication is heavy. Backbiting is heavy. Lust is heavy. Come on, must I go on? Sin is heavy, and now we have the Savior not only suffering because they pierced his hands, not only suffering because they pierced him in his feet, not only suffering because of the crown of thorns that's on his brow, but now is the time to bear the weight of sin. Can I get a witness in the building? You see, redemption has a price. Hallelujah. It is defined as the uh, delivery by the paying of the price. But the good news is that Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, but Jesus washed it white as snow. Hallelujah. But it cost him something. He had to bear the weight of sin. Hallelujah. Theologians believe that this is where God turned his face from him. According to Habakkuk 1 and 13, they said, Thou art purer, thou art of purer eyes than to behold evil and canst not look on iniquity. Uh Hallelujah. And that may very well be so, but I would like to, for the sake of discussion, hallelujah, for the entirety time of Jesus that was on the cross, address God as Father and not as God. Uh I would suggest to you that there are things in life that our natural Father just can't do for us. So now when the weight of the world is upon his shoulders. He did not cry, Father. Come on, Tony. You see, sometimes Father will step in because of compassion. The scripture said, like a father pities his children, so the Lord have mercy on us. So Jesus couldn't call Father, hallelujah, because his father had had reached Hallelujah, the, the, the end of the line in regard to redemption. Yeah. He had reached the extent as far as he could go yeah. with redemption. Yeah. Hallelujah. Because Jesus, Jesus. has a, Isaiah put it this way, who is this? Yeah. <laughs> that coming down from Eden with dyed garments from Bozar. Yeah. That tread the wine press along. This is something Jesus had to do by himself. Yes, huh? But the weight of it called him not to call on daddy. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
Hallelujah. He knew daddy had his end yeah. and daddy wouldn't let go of his end. Yeah. Can I get a witness yeah. in here? He knew that redemption yeah. caused daddy to reach his limitation. All right, all right. He needed God. Come on, how many of y'all know we need God? Yes. Hallelujah, hallelujah. The feeling of abandonment. We got to call on Jesus. Yes. Sometimes father won't be there. Mother won't be there. Right. Hallelujah. But because Jesus felt abandoned. Yes. Can I get a witness in the building? Yes. He experienced that for you and me. Uh -huh. The scripture said that he was tempted in all points. Yes. This is the final point. What it feels like to be abandoned. What it feels like to be left off by yourself. I don't know about you, but I have to have time when friends turn their back on me. I had time when my folk I thought was in my corner left me hanging. Hallelujah. But Jesus never fails. He said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? The question is why? Can I get a witness in the building? Oh, yeah. See, Father holds his end. But as God, God knows that there's something you just got to go through. Yes, right. yes, some things, you just got to go through yes. in yes. order to get the experience. All right. yes. You got to go through it. Yes, Can I get it? There was a mini whipping I should have got that, father, that daddy let me out of. But God might have been saying, you need to whip that boy. Can I get away? You need, you need to chest. I know today, you know, you all don't get it like, we, like they used to back in the day. Can I get a witness in the building? <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, yeah, they didn't spare the ride back in the day. Can I get a witness in the building? And there's some whippings that we should have got. Now, don't, don't, don't report me for saying whipping now. But there's some spankings that we should have got. Huh? Daddy let us out of it. But God says, God knows that you'll be better if you get it. He knew that this was something that Jesus had to do. He had to do alone. He had to die alone. Huh? Forsaken, but only for a moment. Isaiah said forsaken, but only for one moment. You may feel abandoned sometimes. You may feel distressed sometimes. You may be forsaken sometimes, but only for a season. And we know that all things will work together for the good of those that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Bless you in Jesus' name. Let church say amen. 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 We want to thank Pastor Paul. Amen. I said he, Pastor Paul, he multitasking. Amen. amen. He over there breaking forth the word and then back on the uh, organ. Amen. And, and just God just used him in a mighty way. And we just thank God uh, for that word. Amen. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Amen. We're blessed to be able to have uh, Sister Barbara Walker who is with us, amen, as she's going to come and, and song. And let's thank God for Sister Barbara Walker. Hallelujah. Lord, I've been fed this afternoon. I'm being fed. <laughs> Man does not live by bread alone. Every word that's coming out of the mouth of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I have these songs in mind, but like the word is saying, Scripture says sometimes you have to follow the Holy Spirit. You can't be in this world alone by yourself. I mean, you can be alone, but it does help to have the Holy Spirit 
helps us to talk to the Lord first. Try to get some answers. Then we don't have to go down that wrong road. <laughs> Scripture says, seek ye the kingdom first. Everything else shall be added. So I'm saying that to say this. I was going to sing something else. But the Holy Spirit said no. All right, all right. And the Holy Spirit said this. Were you there when they crucified my Lord? Were you there when they crucified my Lord? Oh, 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 oh. Sometimes it causes me to, to tremble, tremble. Were you there when they crucified my Lord? When they nailed him to the tree, were you there? When they nailed him to the tree, Shine. 
say praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Yeah, quickly, I want to say something. Someone asked me, why do we say this is Good Friday if Jesus died on Good Friday? <laughs> I, my mind went, I said, oh, that tells me that you don't know the Lord. And I said, I started thinking and talking so fast, I don't know what I said myself, but I can say this. He died for us all. He died that we might have the right to the tree of life. He died that we might have love, peace. Listen, don't you get it? Don't you get it? Had it not been for Jesus, where we would be? We would be lost. He did something that we can't do for ourselves. He saved us. The word, the song said, he's going to prepare a place where we may be where he's at. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you. 
We realize, oh God, that we have work to do. There's still some that don't get it. There's some that don't know. There's some that refuse to get it. But all I can say is, Jesus is real. For the song said, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Oh, Heavenly Father, we come just to thank you for Jesus, the one who hung on that old rugged cross, gave up his life, went down into the tomb, got up and ascended up into heaven, that all we got to do is believe and trust in him. Right now, God, we're coming before you, Lord God, just thanking you for Jesus, thanking you for your son, thanking you, oh God, that we have a place that we can go, a place called home. For the song says, this is not your home, but there is a home up in heaven, not built with man hand, but eternally from heaven. Oh God, we thank you. We thank you for the preachers. Pastor Paul took me back circling on a little bit with his message there, but that's okay. That's all good. Thank you, Lord. As you're blessing upon them, as you're blessing upon the congregation, as you're blessing upon every church door that stands ajar today, Lord, in your name we pray. Amen. Let the church say amen. Amen. Sister Barbara tried to tear the house down. Amen. We're just thanking for the gift that God has given her. And were you there when they crucified my Lord? Amen. Thank you, Deacon Brisbane. Amen. For blessing us in prayer and preparing the way. Amen. For the fifth word of the cross. Reverend David Jackson, amen, and let's welcome him as he comes, I thirst. Amen. Let's just say amen. My, it's good to be in the house of the Lord one more time. Hallelujah. Pastor, thank you for this opportunity, fellow clergy. It's an honor. But more importantly, we're here to serve the risen Savior. Let us bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we thank you again for another opportunity to say amen in the house of God. Another opportunity to take a breath. Another opportunity for the blood to run warm through our veins. Another heartbeat, dear Lord, all instructed by you. And we thank you. Try not to let anything go by, dear Lord, without giving thanks and appreciation. Because we can't do anything without you. But with you, we can do all things. It's time for thy servant, your son, to step down and for you to take full control. I need you to be Lord of my life. Use me as a willing vessel, dear Lord, so that the words that proceed from my mouth not come from man, but from on high. We ask all of this in the righteous and holy name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Ever really been thirsty? I mean, where your tongue sticks to the roof of your mouth. So thirsty that your throat feels like it's going to close up. Ever been so thirsty that you'd be willing to drink whatever was put in front of you? I remember as a small child playing in the yard, 
under the watchful care of my mother, there came an old man. It was summertime. It was hot. He walked right into our drive and up the walk leading to the front porch. I stood in amaze to see what was going to happen next. I stood there watching as the weary soul made his way to the front door and he knocked and my mother came to the door with her apron on and says, yes, may I help you? He said, ma'am, I've been working all day and I'm thirsty. Can you give me a cup of water? So I watched and she disappeared and she came back with the water and she gave it to him. And it's funny, too, because you meet a lot of people in your life over the course of your life. But few stand out that you never forget. It is so ingrained in my mind that I had dinner with my mother last night and I said, Mom, remember that man? She goes, I remember. I believe we were touched. I believe we were visited. He had these red eyes and his hair was white as, as, as uh, cotton, he had a beard, and he was hunched over. And my mom said, are you going to go back to work now? He goes, no more, today. <laughs> so to this day, we always say to each other, no more, today. <laughs> Our story begins with another special man. His name is Jesus. Look at him hanging on a cross, arms stretched out wide, nails in his hands and his feet, thorns all about his head, thirsty as a man can get. In John 19, 28, it says this, after this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, saith, I thirst. Just like the old man, Jesus walked right up to the front door, knocked and said, I'm thirsty. Can I trouble you for a glass of water? I don't mean to bother you, but I'm really thirsty. I've done my work for the day. My time is at hand. I'm finished. I've changed water into wine. I've been busy. I healed Peter's mother-in-law. I've been working. I caught a large number of fish when nobody else could catch the fish. I said, throw the net on the other side. I healed the centurion's servants. I healed the withered hand. I raised a widow's son. I've been busy. I calmed the stormy sea. I healed the woman with the issue of blood. I've healed two blind men. I fed 5,000. I've healed the deaf. I've healed the man born blind. I've healed 10 lepers. Only one came back to thank me. I raised Lazarus from the dead. Lazarus, come forth. I restored a severed ear. I've worked. Now I'm thirsty. Mm. 
the scripture, as was mentioned earlier, must be fulfilled. Even at our weakest, the scripture is still strong. It still holds its path. It does not waver. It does not cower. We must take into account that the scripture is now being fulfilled as they put gall in my food and gave me vinegar for my thirst. It's biblical. It had to happen that way. At just after uh, 9 a.m., the Romans offered Jesus sweet wine mixed with gall. Gall was a poisonous liver bile. It was mixed with sweet wine and given to deaden the pain of dying. When they offered it to Jesus, he refused. He was unwilling to dull the pain with narcotics or poison. He would faithfully and fully endure the pain. For you and for me, he took it all. In Psalms 22, 15, it says, My strength is dried up like a pot shard, and my tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You lay me in the dust of death. Scripture has to be fulfilled. At around 3 p.m. in the afternoon, Jesus requested a drink. He said, I thirst. And the Roman soldiers gave him a drink of sour vinegar wine mixed with water. The Roman soldiers who came from Italy to Israel's hot climate realized how sick they could get drinking the water. Jerusalem's water contained bacteria that could make them violently ill. So the soldiers would mix sour wine with the local well water. Sour wine was wine that had passed its time and had turned into vinegar. The soldiers put it in their in it on their water, hoping to kill the bacteria. Now the water, the vinegar wine, mixed with a sort of a first century Gatorade, is what it was. The soldiers on duty that Friday took along this drink for themselves because they expected to sit out into the hot sun at Calvary until their duty was complete. That afternoon when Jesus called, I thirst, they took a 24-inch hyssop branch and dipped a sponge in the vinegar wine water, then lifted it to his lips. This small act of kindness refreshed Jesus' thirst. If you were at Calvary and could have quenched Jesus' thirst, would you have done it? Would you have given Jesus his final request? This afternoon, if you're not a Christian, you can quench the Lord's thirst by coming forward and devoting your life to him. All right. Believing, repenting, and being baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. If you're already a Christian, you can quench Jesus' thirst by turning your life 
completely over to him. I'm yours, Lord. Everything I got. Everything I am. Everything I'm not. I'm yours, Lord. Try me now and see. See if I can be completely yours. Will you answer the call? It's all in scripture. I thirst. I thirst for you. I love you. Quench my thirst. May God bless you. Heaven smile upon you. Amen. Let the church say amen. We want to thank Reverend Jackson, amen, for sharing with us the fifth word of the cross, I thirst, amen. We are just uh, blessed today, and, you know, we thank God for these men and women of God who are sharing from the depths of their soul uh, for today, and uh, if you all be so kind before you leave today, uh, uh, we want to be a blessing to those who are sharing our word today. In the back of the church, uh, we have, uh, there's a black box there that says offering on there. If the Lord lays upon your heart to, you know, just to be a blessing and to uh, bless these men and women of God, please just drop something in the box, amen. We are just grateful and thankful. Uh, after the service today, we have a lunch that is uh, prepared for you, so please make sure that you stay and partake of that as well, amen. We're going to ask of our sanctuary choir if they would come at this time and render a selection, amen, and then we will have another prayer uh, before we have the sixth word of the cross.
Good afternoon, church family. We're here in Second Baptist today on Good Friday in the afternoon and spending the entire afternoon here. And as I was thinking about coming up here and, and praying and uh, thinking about as I grew up and the thought of spending the afternoon, Friday afternoon in church, let's just say I, I needed a little extra per persuasion for that to happen. And my parents had no problem with that persuasion, let's see. So, um, but, that, but that said, um, now that we've, you know, you've dug a little and you have a chance to really begin to appreciate what the opportunity to come here and partake really means to you. And so, you know, it's been a really nice uh, growth, to say the least. So as I think about what we are doing today, I also think of seven last words, seven course meal. And when you think about a seven course meal, if you've had one, this, it just keeps coming. You know, if you have a little something like, yeah, that was good, and then it keeps coming. And you have a little bit more, and then it keeps coming. The beautiful thing about that, in a seven course meal, at some point you might start feeling, oh, I'm a little overstuffed. Today, we hope to be filled. And so far we've not been disappointed. So let's bow our heads. Dear Lord, thank you again for allowing us to gather in your name. Thank you for bringing this fine group to represent you and to share your word, to build you up and to help us understand continually and appreciate your sacrifice and your gift. Dear Lord, as we continue to partake, please give us that will and desire as we leave this place to share that goodness, to share that learning, to share that understanding, and to be the best examples of what it is to live the way you would have us live. Dear Lord, as we bring up our next speaker, Reverend Grandma, please, Lord, fortify his voice. Let his voice be strong and well understood. Open our ears and let us continue to partake and really appreciate what is being done in your name. And Lord, as we continue again, let us be what you would have us be. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Church, say amen. Amen. We want to thank the Sanctuary Choir, amen, for blessing us in song and Deacon Ed Sharp. I told uh, Deacon Sharp uh, when I grow up, I want to have a voice like Deacon Sharp. As I, I thought my voice was deep, but I mean, Ed's off the chart. So praise God. Uh, and he uses it uh, so well, the gift that God has blessed him with. Amen. We are at our sixth word of the cross. I don't know about you, but I know I have been blessed by each and every word. Amen. We are blessed to have uh, with us and uh, uh, 
Pastor Tom Grammeling, a pastor of Christ Community Church, amen, for many of you know that uh, Christ Community Church had opened up their church to us when our church was being built. Uh, we had a fabulous time together, and uh, Pastor Tom and I had become uh, uh, lifelong buddies, amen, and, and friends, and, and just a blessing with the two congregations. Those of you who have been around for a while when we were going through that transition know of all the wonderful times that we shared together, and uh, I'm going to tell you that Pastor Tom, I, he shed a tear when we left, amen. He wanted us to come back. But I told we had to keep on, keeping on, amen. So let's welcome Pastor Tom Gramley on our sixth word of the cross. Amen, church. Amen. I'm so excited to be with you here. When Pastor Hamlin invited me, I, I was so excited. I thought, how long till Good Friday? I can hardly wait. To be back together with you is the joy, and if uh, this brother's prayer is right, we've rounded the corner and dessert is on the menu, right, in that seven-course meal. <laughs> the word given in John 19, verse 30, when he had received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. And with that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Church, I have a word for you this afternoon. The cross didn't finish Jesus. But Jesus finished the cross. Amen? Amen. The cross didn't finish Jesus. Jesus finished it. Let's talk about finishing for a few moments. You think it's important to finish? <laughs> when Pastor Hamlin and I first talked about sharing Christ Community Church, and he said, I'm confident we'll be finished in a year. When that first year was up, I didn't have the heart to say, well, brother, you're supposed to be finished. We're just going to keep fellowshipping together till it is finished. And praise God it was. The glory to God here on the high point of Washington Township, right? Amen. Plumstead Township. Finishing. Think. The Eagles could talk about finishing here for a moment. Think it's important. Y'all watched the first half of the Super Bowl? Feeling good? I'll have a second round of wings. All we got to do is just do in the second half what we did in the first half. Around the fourth quarter, my wings are sticking in my throat. It's slipping away. What's wrong with you birds? <laughs> I was crying in my wings at the end. I went to bed grumpy that night. Can I get an amen from the church? <laughs> Finishing. Weather's breaking and getting nicer. It's springtime. I 
I look at my car and I think, oh, nothing like a new car in the spring. My wife says, just wash your car. <laughs> It'll look nice. It'll feel new. It's like washing it and getting the wax out the old-fashioned way and putting it on your car. And what if you had, like, just smeared it all around on every place that wax should go, but then you thought, eh, it's too much work to buff it out and make it shiny. Finishing. I suspect there's going to be some family celebrations on Sunday, right? You're going to come together as a church family and you're going to honor the Lord and proclaim he is risen just as he said. And you're going to hope that Pastor Hamlin sticks to 15 minutes <laughs> so it'll be finished <laughs> to go home to the ham and can you imagine if you forgot to put the glaze on the ham or the crunchy onions on the green bean casserole or the whipped cream on the pie you say something's missing we didn't finish you have parents that tell you you ought to finish what you started any of you parents ever tell your kids finish what you start do you ever think to yourself, if only I'd listened to myself and finished what I started? So listen up, church. Today's word about finishing isn't merely important. It is absolutely essential. The cross didn't finish Jesus, but Jesus finished the cross. And because it is finished, that, my friends, is the difference between life and death. If Jesus doesn't finish the cross, we would be in the guilt of our sins still. And all that we've done and said here today would be useless. You've heard my five brothers and sisters so eloquently describe what took place. On Good Friday. Why Good Friday is good? You certainly have heard and you know well that Jesus hung on the cross bearing the sins of the world, dying as a substitute for others. To him was imputed the guilt of our sins. Suffering the punishment for our sins on our behalf. The very essence of that punishment was bearing the wrath of God on sin. Good Friday was just. It was just and right for God to judge sin. You had better believe, church, God hates sin. If you don't believe God hates sin, how will the world ever be convinced that God hates sin? We live in a day and age, right? Wrong is now right, and right is now wrong, and boys are girls, and girls are boys, and how can you know anything anymore? But let me tell you something. God hates sin. He is absolutely offended by sin. 
He's just in his wrath against every dirty deed of our hands. Out of every unclean thought that comes from our heart, every unholy word that comes out of our mouth. And he is in no way inclined to just let it go. Boys will be boys and girls will be girls. There's a holy anger that comes from the very nature of God, kindled against every one of my sins. Every one of your sins, our immoralities, our idolatries, our adulteries, our perversions, and our thefts, and our greed, and our drunkenness, and our reviling speech, and our manipulations, and our swindling of others, He is outraged at all of the good that you and I should have done that we left undone. Said, let someone else finish it. And should I ever stand before God alone and on my own, the Bible says I am without hope. The Bible says that my guilt condemns and damns me and God would be just to cast me into everlasting fire. You and I, we cannot save ourselves. Amen? We need a gospel. We need some good news. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says this, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. Do you understand, church, what that means? In some mysterious way, in those hours Jesus hung upon the cross, those awful hours, the Father poured out his wrath upon his Son. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? His wrath and holy anger against sin and the recipient of the wrath was God's beloved son with whom he had been well pleased. What was the difference? He had made him who had no sin to be sin for us in our place. You've heard it said Christ dies for sinners. You've heard it said Christ dies for sin. But have you heard it said that Christ died for God? He died for God, brothers and sisters. He died for the Father that the Father might be his holy self and pour out his wrath and judgment. What ought to have come down on us comes down on Jesus. In the most incredible act of love this world could ever know Christ dies for God to satisfy the wrath. Jesus wasn't providing us just an inspirational example, folks. He wasn't saying, listen, love your enemies. This is what it's like. He wasn't making a public display to to help convince you that sins, yeah, it's really bad. 
He wasn't even offering a ransom price to Satan to say, oh, here, let him go, please. Here's what was happening. God the Father was punishing his beloved son as if he had committed every wicked deed, thought, and action that you and I and every human being had ever done from the Garden of Eden to this very moment and in the moments to come for however God allows this world to continue on. God punished every single one as if Jesus had done them all. As if Jesus did it all. He made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. He did it so that he could forgive. Why can God forgive? God can forgive because Jesus paid it all. There is now no more wrath, no more condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Can I get an amen? Amen. Do you understand, church, that God not only views you, but treats you who have believed on his son as if you have lived the perfect life of Jesus Christ? He looks at you clothed with the perfect righteousness of Christ. Why? Because On the cross, becoming sin, my sin, your sin, Jesus finished the work. He finished the cross. The cross was meant by Pilate and Herod and Caiaphas and Satan. The cross was meant to finish off Jesus, to kill him and put him in the grave forever. Cross didn't finish Jesus, did it? Jesus finished it. Do you notice, church, who said it was finished? The cross didn't say it was finished. Tell me who said it's finished. Jesus said it's finished. He knew when the wrath was paid in full. Brother Jackson said, I thirst. When did he say it? When he knew it had been finally completed. And he had but one more scripture to fulfill. I thirst. And he drank. The cross wasn't in charge of Jesus. Jesus laid down his life when Jesus knew it was finished. He had that authority from his father. There's a word behind it is finished. The word is tetelestai. It was written on receipts in the ancient world to mean paid in full. Right? Sister Jackie talked about Somebody paid her groceries. 
right? For that moment, you would say, no, no, I need to pay. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, when we're talking about sin, you don't want to pay, <laughs> right? If someone hands you a receipt and it has marked on the receipt, paid in full, you wave that receipt. <laughs> say, I don't got to pay because testelethi, paid in full, Nothing more needs to be done. Store can't come after you and say, well, you know, since somebody else paid, it'd be a really good idea if you left a tip. <laughs> you don't need to add anything to what Jesus did, brothers and sisters. Right? <laughs> Nothing needs done. Tetelestai, it is finished. It is is a cry of victory. Amen. Jesus cries out, folks, in a loud voice. I wish my voice was deep and loud, like that brother who just <laughs> prayed, I'll never get down that low. <laughs> Whether Jesus was a tenor or a baritone or a bass, whatever he was, he was loud that moment. He wasn't dying of asphyxiation on the cross. He reared back, took a breath, and with a cry of victory, it is finished. In church, some things happened. Some things happened immediately. There was a curtain in the temple that didn't get torn from bottom where a man could reach to the top. It was torn by God himself from the top on down. God said, welcome, come near. Don't be afraid. Why? Because though your sins have been as scarlet, they have been made white as snow. Come near. There was something else that happened. The earth shook. The earth shook and graves broke open. And some dead people came back to life. Imagine an Easter dinner. Sister Chapman came back. <laughs> Jimmy Jones came back said, man, I'm hungry. I'd say, I'd recognize you, Jimmy, anywhere. <laughs> but that actually happened <laughs> on Good Friday when Jesus said it is finished and the curtain was torn and graves broke open and God in a first fruits brought some to life to show it is finished. Oh, that'll preach. But my 15 minutes is up. Oh, how does 15 minutes go so fast? The church, the cross didn't finish Jesus. Jesus finished it. And he paid it in full. And John wrote these things in his gospel so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, 
that you may believe that Jesus is the Son of God, and that by believing, you might have what? Life in his name. Let the church say amen. Say amen. 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 Jesus finished that cross. That is all right. Praising God for his blessing. We thank Pastor Tom for sharing with us today. We're going to ask for the Backman's boys, amen, to come at this time, and we'll have a prayer, and then we will have the seventh and last word of the cross. Amen. Shout of my sister, 
church. We heard six wonderful words today, and I hope you don't leave here like you came. Now allow these words to minister to your soul, because that is the least we can do what God's done for us. 
on his Easter Sunday or his Easter because he's given us, he's given us so much. We need to just give him some of ourselves back to him. Amen. So allow these words to minister to our souls and be doers of his word, not just hearers only. Let us pray. Dear Lord, as we come here today, we came here for a reason, Lord. We came here to be edified by your word. We came to be encouraged by your word. We came to just listen to what you have to say to us, Lord. So as we hear this last word, there's a word in this last word that's going to be preached by Reverend Hamlin, and it has commit. So allow us, Lord, to commit our souls to you, Lord. Allow us to commit our time or our efforts just to be the Christians, to be the Christians you want us to be. Because you know if we live the life that you want us to live, we're not wasting the gift that you gave us today. So help us, Lord, just to be who you want us to be. And help us to be hearers of these words and not doers, 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 be doers of these words and not hearers of these words only, Lord. So be with Pastor as he gives us a word, Lord, and allow it to minister to our souls and allow us to seep deep into our, our hearts and minds that we may just be better and be a better Christian because we know we don't need to be the same person as we were yesterday. So Lord, help us. Help us along the way. We need you in our lives. And help us to realize the gift that you gave all of us, Lord, to have our true relationship with you. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord some praise. I'm going to wake you up from having to sit for two and three quarter hours. Amen. Everybody did good. I ain't see anybody running up. I'm the only one that had to leave to go out and do something. Amen. But praise God for, for everybody being here today. Come on, let's give the Lord a shout of praise. Hallelujah. We thank God for his word, amen, and for these words of the cross that have already been shared with us, and it is just a blessing. We haven't had a, a Good Friday, seven last words of Christ service, I think it's been uh, since 2010, amen. Uh, we've been having some services in the evenings, amen, and uh, we may have been at some other churches doing some things, but it's good to be here in the house of the Lord, amen. I want to thank Deacon Smith and uh, Deacon Smith. I was trying to figure out who's supposed to be doing the prayer, amen. And uh, they were pointing up, and so I want to thank Deacon Smith for uh, having our live stream going today, amen. And that is up on our website and Facebook page. And he hustled on down here, amen, to be able to uh, give offer up prayer for us. So I want to thank him and. Uh, thanking all those who uh, took time to come for today. Listen, in this seventh and final word of the cross, which is found in the Gospel of Luke in the 23rd chapter, and just want to lift verse 46, uh, where really Jesus essentially teaches us how to die well. Amen? And he points to us an intimate relationship that he had with the Heavenly Father to a life that continues after death and to the completion of all that God has in store for us in this life. And I want you to listen to this word for it says in Luke 23, 46, and when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit. And having said thus, the word says that he gave up the ghost, amen. Father, into thy hands 
I commit my spirit. Let's pray. Eternal God, our Father, Lord, we just want to say thank you. Thank you for the love that you continue to show through us. Through these words of the cross that have come, Lord God, we see the love that you have for us. And so we ask God that, Lord, as this final word comes, Lord, if there's anybody here under the sound of these voices that have come that does not know you personally in the pardoning of their sins, we pray, God, that upon this final word coming, Lord God, when the opportunity arises, when the invitation to discipleship comes, that someone will cry out this day, Lord God, I yield, I yield. What must I do to be saved? For we ask this in the mighty, matchless, marvelous name of Jesus, who is the Christ. Let the church say amen. Let the church say amen. Come on, let's give the Lord some praise. Amen. Jesus in this text essentially teaches us how to die well. You know, as a minister, and I'm sure the other ministers who are here today and pastors, I've been around death a long time. I've helped people prepare to die. I've sat with folks and their loved ones as they've died. I've talked with people who are missing their loved ones. The truth is all of us are going to die unless Jesus returns prior to that and the rapture takes place, amen? amen. You see, in this word of the cross, Jesus teaches us how to die well, amen? And here's the setting. Jesus has been on a Roman cross for six long hours. And for the last three hours, darkness has covered the land. And then as suddenly as it came, the darkness left to reveal Jesus just moments away from death. And he said, as our previous word said, I thirst. And the word says that the soldiers gave him a drink. And he shouted, it is finished. And then the apostle Luke alone notes these very last words that we have. For the word of God says that with a loud shout, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And he breathed his last breath. The word says that there was an onlooking soldier there who commented, he said, surely this was the son of God. In his last word of the cross, Jesus shows us, church, how to die well. And he models for us some things that we need to get into our heart, into our spirit, that we might understand that these days in which we are living, it, that tomorrow is not promised to us, but we ought to thank God for this day. Amen? He models for us that we need to put our trust in a relational God his father. Hours earlier in the first statement from the cross, Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And later he said, my God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? And in those words he used a more formal term there for God. Because all of the sin of the world fell on him in that moment as Pastor Tom had shared with us. And now here he is at the end of his life and he is prepared to come home. And he returned to the term of endearment and trust 
that he had, he said, Father. Or in the Aramaic, it means Daddy. You see, some people struggle with calling God Father. Maybe they had less than an ideal father in this life. But the truth is, church, none of us have been perfect fathers and mothers. Amen? Amen. But in our heavenly father is every good quality that a father should have. Being a good provider. Being a protector. Being tough and yet caring. Being able to love unconditionally. All of these images are wrapped up in God as our heavenly father. And so when it comes to dying, we have to trust in our relational father. Amen. Because no one knows the allotted time that we have here on earth, but the father does. Amen. And the God who made you will guide you through that valley of the shadow of death. But church, you need to establish a relationship with the Heavenly Father now. And we need to continue it every day until the last day on this earth. We are living in end time scenarios right now. If you're a believer, I don't see how in the world you can miss it. Amen. Even unbelievers come up to me and they're asking, something's going on. What's, what's happening all around us? Amen. We are living in these last days. And church, you need to put your trust and faith in the Lord. Amen? Because he'll bring you home safely. How many of you believe that this morning, that if you put your trust and faith in God, God will bring you through? So Jesus showed us on the cross that we need to put our trust in a relational God that loves us. And then on the cross, Jesus modeled that you have to know where you're headed. Amen, somebody? Jesus said this. He said, into your hands. Amen? You see, Jesus placed his life. He placed his future. He placed everything into his father's hands. And how many of you know that God's hands aren't like human hands? Amen? You see, it was the human hands that whipped Jesus. It was human hands that plucked out his beard. It was human hands that pushed the crown of thorns down on top of his head. It was human hands that pounded stakes into his hands and his feet. It was human hands that lifted him up on the cross. It was human hands that gambled for his clothing and called him everything but a child of God. Human hands that pointed at him with false accusations. It was human hands and mouth that stirred the crowd into a frenzied mob. All of these hands, church, were against him, amen? But yet on the cross, Jesus committed into the hands of the one who would care for him forever. Jesus was reuniting with his father. He was coming home. And as Jesus died, he didn't just cease to exist. No, he went back to his God and his father. Church, I need to ask you this morning, do you know where you're headed? And if you don't know today, you need to know. Don't leave here today without knowing that if this were the very last day that we have on this earth, where you would spend eternity. Amen. It's that important. Can I ask you this morning, 
Do you know that the heaven father personally? Do you have a personal relationship with him? If not, you need to begin a relationship with him today to invite him to become your spiritual father. Amen. And you do so. And if you do so, you'll find that there's no near, no need to fear death. Amen. Because you know where you're heading, no matter what may come. I was watching the news the other day, and they had uh, uh, North Korea get ready to fight with South Korea. The United States get ready to fight with Russia. Matter of fact, the United States get ready to fight with everybody, amen, with Russia, with China, amen. I saw on the news yesterday Israel was going at it, and all of these things are going on around. But no matter what may come, no matter what may happen, if you know that you know that you know and you have believed and given your heart and your life over to the Lord Jesus Christ, no matter what may come, we're going to be all right. Amen, somebody? Amen. Amen. You got to know the Lord for yourself. We don't have to fear death because we know where we're heading. And then finally, on the cross, Jesus modeled for us to finish well. Amen. He said that I commit my spirit. That means that Jesus died completing all that he had come to do. Amen. That his mission was over. He had no bitterness or unforgiveness lingering in his heart. Amen. He had no regrets that were left. No unfinished business that was left. Because he had prepared his disciples for what lay ahead. Amen. And he stayed connected to his heavenly father through thick or thin. No matter what's going on in this life, we got to stick with the Lord. Amen. You know what Joshua, Joshua said, listen, for me and my house, I, I'm going to what? I'm going to serve the Lord. Amen. Jesus had drunk the cup that had been given to him, even though it brought him some pain and suffering. He took on the sins of the world and he made peace between believers and God forever. Amen. Listen, Jesus, the pastor Tom was saying, Jesus was in full control of his death. I want you to listen to what he told his disciples in John 10, 17, 18. Listen to what he said. He said, the reason my father loves me is that I laid down my life only to take it up again and that no one takes it from me. But I lay it down on my own accord. And I have the authority to lay it down. And I have the authority to take it back up again. What a mighty God we serve. Matthew 27, 50 tells us that at the moment of death, that Jesus gave up his spirit. Church, nobody took it from him. He gave it up. And in Hebrews 9, 14, it says that he offered himself unblemished to God. Amen? Amen? Listen to me, church. Jesus did not commit suicide. Amen? He simply made himself available for the worst that human beings could afflict on him, and he died. Amen? Yes. Now watch this. To die on the cross in just six hours was unusual. Mm -hmm. Amen? Sometimes criminals stayed alive for days. That's why the Roman soldiers would come and, and break the leg bones of the criminals so that they would die, in this case, before the Passover began. But yet Jesus had already died. Amen? None of his bones were broken, which fulfilled prophecy. Everything was planned out by the Father. 
and nothing was left to chance. Jesus died, church, completing everything that he came to do. Can touch somebody and tell me he died well. He died well. <laughs> Amen, somebody. But praise God that that's not the end of the story, amen? Because if that was the end of the story, it would be a sad ending for us. Jesus' body was buried in a rich friend's cave. The Bible says that Saturday came and went, and as the women observed the Sabbath and waited until sundown to prepare Jesus' body with spices, and the word says then that first Easter morning that they came to the tomb at daybreak. And they were wondering how they were going to move the large stone and cover the opening. But yet the Bible says when they arrived, they discovered that it had already been moved and that no one was there. Hallelujah. They found grave clothes folded neatly like they just came out from the cleaners. Men in white were asking who they were looking for and reminding them that Jesus had said that he would rise again on the third day. The word says that when he began to show up in person, he showed up first to Mary Magdalene, then to Peter, then to the disciples. He went back to the disciples because they needed some more help, amen? And later on, he showed up over 500 people who were gathered at a time. Then on the last time, he showed up to the disciples before rising up into heaven. My brothers and my sisters, that's what Easter is all about. Hopelessness turned to hope. Fear turned to faith. Defeat turned to victory. Death turned to life. When I think about the goodness of God and all that the Lord has done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah. Thank God for saving me. I believe that we have a Savior who loves us like nobody else can. You see, some folk think that we're going to land on the living to the land of the dying. But my brothers and my sisters, we are not going from the land of the living to the land of the dying. Amen. We are the land of the dying. We're going to the land of the living. When it's all said and done, when the Lord begins to move in your life, I wish I had ten folk in here who don't mind giving God praise and thanking God for all of his blessings. Hallelujah. Listen to me, church. Listen to me. I'm going to be through in a minute. Amen. Because I know they got something already set up for us. Amen. Listen to me. Stand with me just for a moment. You see, death for the Christian believer is only temporary. Amen. It's temporary. You don't need to fear. Jesus said that I will be with you. Amen. One day, each of us, we're going to, what they call, fall asleep. Amen. And, but we'll awake in our Father's house. So we ought to thank God for Jesus, our Heavenly Father, for giving us hope, church, where there seems to be no cause for hope. For giving us life when all we deserve, as one of our brothers said, is death. Amen. But how many of you know that Good Friday is good? How many of you know today that Good Friday is good? If you really know it, then somebody ought to say, thank you, God, for Good Friday. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. Thank you, God, for your sacrifice. Thank you for dying on the cross in our place. Thank you, God, for the gift of life. Thank you for the loved ones that you've given us. Thank you for the spouse and the children we have. Thank you for the grandchildren in our life. Thank you, God, for peace this morning. Thank you, God, for joy this morning. 
Thank you, Lord, for love and happiness today. Thank you, God, for the good times and the bad times. Thank you, God, for all of your blessings. Amen. Church, trust God. Trust God. Know where you're heading. And finish well. Amen, somebody? Where it says, and when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Amen. There may be someone here today, and the Lord is speaking just to you. Amen. We're going to ask for the choir to come at this time. There's a song that continuously plays in my heart. When I'm done sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, I think about what the Lord not only has done for me, but what the Lord has done for you. And that this life here is temporary. If you're a believer and you know in your heart that you're going to be with him in that heavenly place, God has fixed it so that one day that we shall wear a crown. Our choir is going to share with us when it's all over. Show. 